The title of today's message is The Lasting Impact of a Godly Father. Just a month ago, on Mother's Day, we thought about the lasting impact of a godly mother. So this is the equivalent parallel message of what are some things that we need to be mindful of as we're fathering our young kids. And what are some things that we need to support and encourage and pray for as we encourage and support our husbands? Um, but when you think about the, even the video that we just saw, Christians or not, whether you're godly and you're pursuing God, and a real trans- transformation in your Christian walk, or you live in a world of atheist or secular world. In such a way, maybe there's a nominal Christian way of confession is there, but we're really not deeply convinced. Whatever that might be, the truth is, all dads have a tremendous impact, either positively or negatively. And there is no argument about that. Even researchers uh, would give us the statistics of the, the problem of absence of father and crime rate and rape and teen pregnancy, all different things. But on the other side, there is a much of a blessing and benefit and just healthy outcome and fruit of present fathers, fathers who are engaged. The question that I'm raising today is because the title, although we acknowledge whether you are Christians or not, you, you, have, you could have much of a positive impact on your kids. But how does godly fatherhood different, contrasted with worldly fatherhood? There are a few things that I, I, may be helpful for us. In one sense, the, the most crucial is the goal the worldly dad's goal is the success of children. In short, it's a self-actualization of your children. It's a self-actualizing life. That's the goal. I want my kids to grow up, go to good school, get a good job, and become wealthy and socially respected in high Status. That seems to be everybody's goal. Not that it's not that it's anything's wrong with that, but when that becomes center, God is absent. The godly father, the ultimate goal is, regardless whether your children turn out turns out to be wealthy or socially respected job or career or not, the goal is godliness of children. In short, a God-glorifying life. What do worldly dads desire? Happiness. 
of children. And happiness in creation, which means joy in things and people. And there's nothing wrong with that, once again. But do you, we all know, those of us who follow Christ as our Lord and Savior, there's a type of happiness that leads to destruction. Isn't there? The godly father's desire is children's ultimate happiness is not, not just in creation, but ultimately in creator, creator God. Joy in God. That our joy is exceeding in God. Thirdly, what, what is the axiom, the principle by which you go by in terms of fathering? Constant message that we're sending. Worldly dads, believe in yourself. You're struggling, you're confused. Believe in yourself. I don't know what to do. Which way I should go? Son, the answer is within you. Follow your heart. Like the, uh, Sounds like a Lion King, right? Sounds very good, but we need to know that worldview is at the center of the world there is a man. And our five senses, our heart, feeling things, Follow your heart. Believe in yourself. Sounds all good, but that's really not ultimately, eternally true at all if we really believe the Bible. Godly dad's axiom by which he constantly sends the message to his children is believe not in yourself but in Christ. Follow not your heart but leading of the Spirit. When you hear your voice, your desire, your longing, discern whether that is coincide with the desires of your Holy Spirit residing in you, prompting and leading of the Holy Spirit. And there are times that we need to choose, we need to challenge our kids to choose very unpopular decisions because of that. Costly decisions. As simple as deciding not to get A because our child's decision is not to plagiarize, not to cheat in any way on their test or paper. But if you get that A, that will make a breakthrough of your college acceptance because of your great GPA. The leading of the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you, son? My daughter, sweetie, listen to the leading of the Spirit. Lastly, inheritance, worldly dads, is a materialistic things with temporal perspective. Most of us don't have to worry about that much because we don't have that much to give, give to our children. 
But if we do in 10 years or 20 years become millionaires or billionaires, is that all we want to pass on? Once again, if we do believe the Bible is true and our life is short and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow to our kids, that eternal life with Christ is literally eternal. So because of that, godly dad's inheritance is a spiritual legacy. It's again, nothing wrong with providing. But this becomes at the center of it. Spiritual legacy with eternal perspective. Many of you guys know my mom's side was all Christians. So I'm eternally grateful for this spiritual legacy from my grandma. My grandma's great mother, great grandma, was one of the first Korean Christians in Korea. My dad's side was not. But he was a physician. He was well off. He was respected. Uh, when I was growing up, I didn't have to worry about things. We had plenty of things. But I didn't get a spiritual legacy from it. Because he was almost 75. He, after retire, he finally became a Christian. After two sons became have become pastors. <laughs> so the question that uh, this morning I'm asking is, what are key things? This was hard for me because I didn't want to give 10 lists and you know overwhelm each one of us and once again become so idealistic, uh, there's no way I could do that on a regular basis. So I thought about the things that I want to practice that through the scripture, I searched back and forth. And I come with four things. Four essential things. If we do, do it regularly, consistently, we're going to make a lasting impact. And my prayer is that, that every single dad in this room will be committed to these four things. Here's the first one. A godly father models authentic godliness to his children. There's a reason why I call it authentic godliness. So pay attention to that. But here are a couple of passages that uh, gives us some light into that. The righteousness who walks in his integrity. Proverbs 27 verse 7 says. Blessed are his children after him. Did you get that? The first thing that we could do is be. Is to be. The best thing that we could do is be godly men. Left and right, up and down. Not inauthentic, on the surface, exterior Godliness, which is a problem of most PKs, pastors' kids, MKs, missionaries' kids, or elders' kids, 
because they see different pu pu public persona of their dads who are trying to be gentle and strong and humble many different ways and godly. And at home, an interaction with children or his wife is different. It's utterly important for us to be authentic. That's integrity. How about this? Philippians 4, 9, Apostle Paul is saying basically the same thing that what we are trying to communicate on the first point. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. And notice that it's not what I say only, but what you have seen in me when I'm not even aware. Those things practice. Then God of peace will be with you. Important thing is that godliness is one of those things are more caught than taught. Words are cheap because our children are so close. They see us inside out. So how do we do this when we are not perfect men or even spiritually mature men sometimes? When we struggle. The key is we're being authentic with our Father, Heavenly Father. And have you realized that our children are so accepting and so forgiving when we are being real and humble ourselves? Case in point. I'm a well-meaning dad. And I, I really have a noble idea. That's one thing that I have. Okay? But noble idea is sometimes doesn't, doesn't get to followed up. So I would say, and I need to be careful. I think it's a self, note to self kind of thing this summer also too. I promise like Seth and Sawyer loves to go to park. And I'll say, tomorrow we'll go to park. We'll have a good time. And then after, after library, we're going to go to the park. And in passing, I said that. And then, you know, Sawyer goes, it's today now. Are we going to go to park? So daddy is really tired today. And then he will use the word, you promised that. Right. My confession, I did that a few times. So at that moment, uh, my default mode is rationalizing. Giving excuse, reasons why. Become defensive. Sorry, listen to me. Dad takes care of a lot of people, right, at church? <laughs> I just got back from counseling. This is very draining week for me. You know. So which means to Sawyer, blah, 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 blah. But I learned a lesson. I'm, I'm beginning... I'm getting better at 
Sorry, I'm so sorry. I broke the promise. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Those are hard for me to say. That, but not a single time sort of saying, mm, no way, Jose. I forgive you that. There are times that uh, another, another son and I will talk to, you know, Dad just lost a temper on you because I'm going through so much in the, in my stress is up to here. Do not provoke me. Which means I have a reason. Uh, in some sense, irritation, our kids doing childish things. That's the reason for our, our provoking our, our temper too. But at that moment, when I really changed my, I am, I, I, I got it wrong. Like, let's go back. I, I did wrong. I, I raised my voice, and you didn't do anything wrong. But I was going to, I took it out on you. I'm so sorry. They're forgiven. Not only do they forgive, they see what real, authentic godliness looks like. It doesn't mean be perfect. If they see our trying so hard to make the public image that we don't give in, they're not going to buy Christianity. They're not going to buy true spirituality at all. Because there's phoniness about that. Duplicity about that. I don't want to believe that. But when there's a restoration, and I see in their confession, their forgiveness. So dads, be encouraged. You don't have to be perfect and spiritually mature overnight. As long as you stay honest with God, stay honest with your brothers, stay honest with your wives, and embrace this authentic godliness. Have a goal. Pursue godliness. The relentless pursuit of godliness. When your kids see that, they become convinced. Because in my reflection, I, I, recollection, I, I don't have my dad's image of that. But tons of my mom's image, my grandma's image, hanging on to God. They're clueless I'm watching them. From my difficult times, they're repenting, they're hanging on, they're crying out to God. That image was more powerful than any other message, sermons I heard. Second, thing we could do. A godly father provides spiritual leadership for his children and teaches God's word to them. There are two passages that I want to share. The first passage is Joshua 24 verse 15. And this is when uh, Joshua is leading Israelites to the promised land and there are idols and pagan gods left and right so he got fed up one day and he challenges his people and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods of your father served in the region beyond the river 
or the gods of Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. In some of your paraphrase, have you said that to your kids? But as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Do they know that is a, your leadership provided? Second is from Deuteronomy 6, verses 7 through 9. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Instead of asking your wives to do it. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you, are, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlet, frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. It is Father's leadership, primary leadership, to teach our children, to team up with mothers together. But what has happened in our generation is a value statement. Fathers are busy bringing the bacon home and telling our, our, our wives and saying, you teach them. Christian things. Just make sure they don't go off and doing bad things. Read the Bible. Whatever that you, you need to do. No, that's really not biblical way. We are to take leadership. When I say spiritual leadership, it doesn't mean only spiritual leadership. Our leadership comes, emerges out of spiritual leadership. Taking initiative, avoiding passivity, taking responsibility of it. Basically, when you think about this um, heart of God's design for fatherhood is authority. You are responsible for your family. God will ask for your responsibility, account with you, not your wife. The father's job. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean mothers are not you know important or uh, not accountable, but head of the family, God designed as a role wise, which means we should think of this as not so much authority, not so much as a power that I could rule my way highway kind of thing but more as a responsibility. Stewardship of responsibility. God has given us. We should be fearful in practicing this responsibility. I think what I really love to see out of this message for all the dads in here is a decision to have conversations with your kids with that scripture. It might not be every night, 
it could start as a once a week. Some type of decision that I am responsible for, responsible. Because some of our dads are more responsible for helping homeworks. Really great. But when you think about, is it our, the kid's success that is our goal or godliness? Do you want your kids to go to Harvard and leave God and just completely abandon God? Or do you want your kids to go to mediocre school, a mediocre job, and glorify God? For eternal perspective, there is no doubt about what is what matters most. But we listen to the worldly population, the culture and the trend, the strong current so much, so that our priorities are sometimes screwed up. So in terms of leadership, let me just reiterate. A godly father leads, shepherds, protects, teaches, and guides each child as well as his entire family. Here's a third side of what godly father can do to make a lasting impact. Godly father disciplines and trains his children in godly character and conduct. Proverbs 19, verse 18. Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. If you leave him alone, if you don't discipline, he's going to end up. Going to the path of uh, destruction. Ephesians 6, 4, today's scripture reading. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 4 gives us, once again, that responsibility, emphasis and responsibility, not so much of a power. That we are to be very careful not to misuse or overuse or abuse that power that God has given us. Or sometimes abandon not using the authority at all, leaving the kids that way. There are two aspects in this one. The disciplining our kids is our responsibility. Sometimes it is the tough job that you know, mothers and fathers need to step up. This is a tough side of soft love. And if you're people-pleasing, you want your children's affection so much, you want to appease them to like you, this is going to be a tough one. Or if we buy into the worldly system and then thinking that, the self-image and self-esteem is the most important thing in our child, and you can never say anything, and you can never put on a discipline, disciplinary act on the children. 
or they're taking away the computer or taking away the iPad or, or controlled way of spanking. Whatever that as a loving dad and loving um, godly dad can do. We are to do this. Having said that, it's easy to lose temper to, with our kids. Things that we will never do with our friends, we could do that. And that's provoking. That's why, precisely why Ephesians 6.4 says, do not provoke your children to anger. So because of this anger, people have a scars in their heart. Of course, there is a um, victimization of that too, but it is hard to recover and fully do that, right? So whenever we think about it, do I make a lasting uh, punishment on this child, disciplining? Discipline sometimes has a really immediate effect of taking away the pride and stubbornness of the child. Childishness. But do I crush his spirit, her spirit? We need to think about that. More positively, godly dads, let's be mindful about this. In, in the past, there are detached dads. A lot of our parents were did that, right? The latchkey kids, right? And there are now involved Involved get dads, involved in things, and active. You go to actually, you know, school functions and their sports events, which are all great. You know what the Bible says in terms of primary role of a uh, godly dads is a strategic dad. Strategic in a sense that you have a training in mind. When you think about your trainer, you, you put, put, put a course on what that child needs. So when you see uh, the characteristics that need to be shaped, or when, when you see the desire positively, how can our children love God's word? What are some things that I need to do in the baby steps? If we don't have a strategic plan, what we end up doing is taking the kids and go to some kind of a church program and leave them and as if the church program within that one hour, one and a half hour has a special wonder to change that little mind. No. Let's not take this as a guilt. Something that we're not doing well enough. But let's take that as a welcome sign. The Holy Spirit is partnering with us. And God's sovereign grace on our children is in in fact is happening with us. The small things that we do and lasting decisions 
I mean, the last thing may make a lasting impact. Summer's coming. What strategic plan do you have with your kids when they have tons of time? Let's think about bite size. A few years ago, I started just having quiet time with our kids, at least during the summer, for them to see how Bible is applied. And I, I've been amazed when I was thinking about how Sawyer's applying. And we're reading through Jeremiah. Uh, adults have just ridiculous applications. But Sawyer comes up with this on the dot, very simple, straightforward application. Praise God. But it's by practice. Of course, there's difficult things that we, you know. So a lot of times, I would say this, after having read, having read the scripture, I said, focus on, explain, view things. Focus on one thing that you understand clearly and tell me how you're going to apply Of course, we could ask for more from older kids. But we are to, to uh, train, train them. You know, another thing is maybe, let, uh, let me dream on. Okay, when, whenever we talk about you know, best vacation or adventure, our kids talk about China trip all the time, still. So I'm going to just throw it out there. In near future, would you pray that you will get a family trip to where Boy and Cindy is? Possible if you put your heart into it, mind into it. Costs a lot of money, but that will be one of the best investments. And wherever God leads, keep provides. Right? So you put your heart into it, who knows? You will get a free trip just like ours. Fourth and last one. I saved this one for the last because I think this is somehow could be mundane, but if we don't get this, I think we miss the whole point of it. A godly father loves his children with God's steadfast love. There are two passages here. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, 3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. The God's steadfast love. The faithfulness, God's love. In Hebrew word is a hesed. Hesed is just awesome word. Everything coming together. God's unfailing, congruent, Love and commitment and steadfastness, the perseverance, all that. Covenantal love, in other words. We don't have this love. Don't act like you have your love. God's <laughs> love. So we are to receive from God daily and reflect. Our love is so conditional.
when our kids do well on some school things, and, and you know, oh, we love you. And we, we, they don't get the grade or, you know, goal that we set, and they didn't achieve that, and we feel so disappointed. It shows, right? How do we love them? I think this is the, the most profound, important things that we could do. So when you think about, does God, does God love me? And it reflects a lot about what my father loves me, guides me, or distorts a view of God's love. Hosea 11.8, this is a passage that in my darkest moments, God visited with this passage, speaks so gently, softly, but so loudly. In a quiet loudly, you know what I mean by that? In, in my solitude. This is a passage that God's uh, heart is broken as a father of Israelites. They have abandoned him. They drifted away from him. And they did all the things God commanded not to do. And his, his anger, his wrath is there. But amidst of it all. He confessed his steadfast love in this way to the Israelites through, through Hosea's words. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? That's another word for Israel. Because Ephraim was the offspring of Joseph and Joseph, uh, Jacob. Jacob's word is, name is Israel. How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like an Edma? How can I treat you like a Zeboim? Those two cities were completely, utterly destroyed by God's wrath in the Old Testament, the Genesis. And then God confess, confesses it. My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. Other translation, my heart is turned upside down. I have loved you. How can I give you up? I love you. There's nothing I can, you can do to make me stop loving you. Do our kids hear that? When they fail, when they mess up, when they disappoint us, when they do terribly wrong things. That's godly father. Deepest impact you could make. On there. This is a profound impact. And that's why for the fatherless, God provides uncles, youth leaders, and adults who are godly who have loved them that way. There are few people, spiritual leaders, who disciple, who mentored me. Show me glimpses of this God's strong, steadfast, fatherly love. Compassionate love. So may God encourage each dad in this room. And may he be glorified. Our, our commitment today and this morning to pursue the godly things 
that we could do to make a lasting impact. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this reminder. Many of us who are fathers in this room need you so utterly. So we don't come close to your standard. And teach us to see your mercy and your grace in our shortcomings. Teach us not to give up. And we pursue you relentlessly with this conviction that we could make a lasting impact on our kids. And may the dads at Crossway become continually be godly fathers for the coming generation of godly men and women. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.